The Lord be with you. In my assorted musical adventures over the years, and now even more with things like Spotify and YouTube in my repertoire, I found myself repeatedly preoccupied with a, a theme that just keeps on popping up in popular songwriting. I even did a bunch of Googling this week, and there's an amazing number of songs with a variation on exactly the same phrase. And the phrase is something like this. Everything is going to be all right. There are whole Spotify playlists actually devoted to this. And uh, no, it's not an original idea, Jeremy. Uh, get over it. There's uh, Al Green's song and uh, Tammy Wynette's song of exactly the same name. Everything is going to be all right. And there's lots of popular songs like this. Because when we are pressed, when we're in the thick of it, when we are confronted by quandaries and worries, is there balm in Gilead? Maybe you can call to mind that time when your heart was ripe for an encouraging word. The troubles of the day in your family or in your workplace. Maybe it was your bank account or your love life or it was your lack of one of those things or both of those things. Maybe it was just the regular grind of nine to five that had you beat up and put down. Perhaps you were sitting in your car or walking through a shopping mall or wearing headphones in your dark bedroom. And you heard a voice singing out words of hopefulness, maybe just a few lines of encouragement piercing through the mess and the grief and the weariness of your life. Can you think of that song or that time right now? Coupled with a melody and some verses, some unexpected comfort because you happen to turn on the radio and hear Bob Marley singing, everything's going to be all right. Or maybe it was Lady Gaga and Akon saying, just dance. It'll be okay. Or maybe it was Taylor Swift She's got your back 100%, and she assures you, girl, you need to shake it off. <laughs> Maybe it was the Beatles singing, Here Comes the Sun. I can think of so many of those songs, and I can think of moments like that I've had in cars and on streets and in malls and in dark rooms with my headphones on. It is a telling thing that even our pop music aspires to reach into the turmoil of our lives with a few words of promise. One of my favorites is a Bob Dylan number, Don't Think Twice, It's Alright, which finds a way to speak to a, a sad and ambiguous situation with a sort of somber resignation, but in a way that speaks to another day. Hope for an adventure that is surely found on down the road. One of my favorite all-time quotable quotes is from the Brothers Karamazov, and since we've used the Song of Solomon as the first reading, and I've quoted Akon and Lady Gaga, I think I can get away with the Brothers Karamazov quote. It's only fair. After the 
description in detail of the embarrassing and conflicted behavior of Fyodor Pavlovich at the time of his wife's death. The narrator reminds us, as a general rule, people, even the wicked, are much more naive and simple-hearted than we suppose. And we ourselves are too. <laughs> we ourselves are too. Under our best armor and behind our best defenses, there we will find one of God's children in need of so much grace and mercy and understanding. It's a strange thing, though, that so many of us recommend a book like the Bible as a source of encouragement and comfort. Strange, not because that sort of thing can't be found there, but because you've got to make your way through a whole lot of difficult episodes to get to the encouragement part. Let's say you're one of those folks who wants to get a Bible tattoo. Why not Micah 6.8? Google that one. Micah 6.8 tattoo? You are definitely not alone in that pursuit. It's one of the most popular verses in the entire Bible. Act justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly with your God. Well, to be clear, on your way to Micah 6.8, you will need to work your way past five chapters of prophetic utterances, judgment about invading armies and disasters, false prophets and failed leaders, and the moral failure of a nation. Just to be super clear with your just be sure you're super clear with your tattoo artist because Micah 1, 8 is kind of a weird tattoo. But if you get that one, be sure to share it with us. And I'll save you a search. I could not find anybody with a Micah 1, 8 tattoo. I think it's apparent that we run the risk of doing a fair bit of damage to the scriptures when we uproot a few verses from their context and use them as a quick and easy soundbite. Because we know in our hearts that it is in the dark and challenging and honest stories found in all of those preceding chapters. Those stories give us traction and clarity, and they take us from the place of trouble to the assurance of redemption and hope and encouragement. Actually, I would say that this could make the difference between a, a religious practice which just goes through the motions and a life of faith which changes the world. Come to me, all you that are weary and are heavy or carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light This is one of the great invitations in Matthew's gospel A church I used to attend included this passage as a part of the invitation to the Lord's Supper every single week, and believe me when I say it never, ever got old. These are Jesus' words of comfort and hope for religious people everywhere. Assurance that the God we serve wants only the best for us. God will be gentle with us even. 
We are invited to a way of being filled with holy purpose, with Jesus as our companion in this work. This is rest for weary souls. Many of us, a lot of us even, know well enough the ways that religion can weigh us down and judge and shame us. This invitation is the promise of a better way. This is good news for folks like us, religious folks. The thing is, the lectionary wanted us to get right to this gem of a passage quick, fast, in a hurry, because they also asked us to skip verses 20 to 24 of Matthew 11. They wanted us to blast right past some awkward bits of Scripture that just seemed to get in the way of all our good feels. Nobody came here today for a a big bummer, right? Let's just get on with the good stuff, everybody. The part they're asking us to skip over is the bit where Jesus scolds his hometown church in Capernaum. The people that he'd grown up with, the neighbors who'd witnessed his life of ministry and works of power, and two other nearby towns who had witnessed these things and yet remained unmoved. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the deeds of power had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, on the day of judgment, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon than for you. (laughs) The thing is, it's helpful to know that Tyre and Sidon were not Jesus' hometown crowd. These were famously profane and notoriously rowdy Phoenician cities. Think of the way the city of Nineveh is used in the Jonah story. What happens in Tyre and Sidon stays in Tyre and Sidon, if you know what I mean. Jesus is suggesting a city of this sort would be more receptive to the living gospel than his own religious communities were. The cities with respectable reputations and well-maintained and active churches and decent sort of religious folks. These were the communities that were missing the point. And on the day of reckoning, that's the sort of people that Jesus is going to be the most upset with. This isn't especially new if you've been reading through the Gospels. Jesus always saves his harshest language for the religious people. Folks like you and me. It can be hard to hear Jesus talk this way. Is he really, is he really talking about us? It's a weird thing to name and shame a whole city this way, right? In these last few months, we've been given a whole bunch of chances to see the world in a different light. We've witnessed one of the largest movements in global history with Black Lives Matter protests in cities and towns all over the world. Great gatherings of people have risked infection and chilling repercussions as they've taken to the streets, joining their voices to cry out, Woe to Minneapolis! Woe to Louisville! Woe to Washington, D.C.! 
Woe to off-the-beaten-path places like Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. This chorus of voices demands justice for their cities, fairness for their citizens, action for their leaders, and complacency is not an option anymore. In the light of all this, many of us have been reckoning with the consequences of our societal complacency, and even, hopefully, asking ourselves what part we play in it. I hope, too, that as we consider our role as citizens, we also open our hearts to the Spirit's gentle prompting. Are we moved? What is a church community like First Baptist Edmonton called to? In what ways are we, the good religious folk, resistant to the voice of Jesus? What is it that we think we have to lose if we follow Jesus into some rowdy places? Are there people that maybe we have forgotten along the way? Are there even toxic complacencies, habits and practices that we've taken for granted in our life together? These are hard questions. Lord, have mercy, and may we discern well together. May we have the wisdom to act well. May we have the courage to live this Jesus way in the world. Friends, this hard bit, that's the part that makes us free. Free from the notion that people like us are alone in this. And free from the idea that we save ourselves if we just make ourselves into the right sort of respectable people. These hard questions and this honest listening, they give us traction and clarity and courage leading us from a place of trouble and questions to the assurance of redemption, hope for a new life together. Jesus says, Come unto me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Friends, we are invited to a way of being filled with holy purpose, humble community, reconcilers, healers, peacemakers, people who seek justice, people who celebrate mercy. This is the next adventure with Jesus as our companion in this work. And this is rest for weary souls, for folks like you and me. Thanks be to God.